0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. We're on to week seven, and we're preparing to wrap up this series next week with the final episode for Grace Beyond Words. This will not be the last series, and more information will be coming your way regarding the next season. As a reminder, if you want to be added to my email list to keep you updated, you can send me a request to bestill.waters.ps. 23 at gmail.com. Simply tell me your name and the preferred email address that you would like the notification sent to. Again, that's bstill.waters.ps23 at gmail.com. We have spent time looking at finding grace in behaviors that we may not understand, as well as learning to see remaining thorns through a different lens. Believe it or not, Something that might be just as frightening as remaining thorns are thorns that are removed. Second Corinthians 5.17 is one of my favorite verses, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. We love to focus on the new part in this scripture. Part of the new creation is evident as we begin walking in our true identity in Christ who we are in Christ. In the book of Ephesians, scripture tells us that we are blessed, chosen, predestined, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, lavished, and that is just the beginning. We cannot begin to imagine the richness and depth of God's love for us, and when we truly walk in this love, it changes us from the inside out. Now this is often illustrated by talking of a caterpillar as it makes its way into a beautiful butterfly but I want to look at the process of transformation a little bit closer. In A Hungry Caterpillar, which is a cute children's book, we see that this caterpillar eats and eats and then stops eating long enough to hang upside down, spin a silky cocoon, and the next thing we know a beautiful butterfly emerges and it captures us with its beauty. But inside the chrysalis, there's so much going on. The caterpillar goes through a process of digesting itself. Its tissues are dissolved because of enzymes it releases, eventually becoming almost a soup-like consistency. Within the goopy mess, there are a group of highly organized cells that survive the process. These cells are called imagined discs and they help to form the body parts that it will need to survive as an adult. The imagined discs need the protein within the rest of the goop in order for this transformation to occur. Interestingly, some species have many of their adult parts hidden within their caterpillar body only to be revealed as the remainder of the body disintegrates. What an amazing and exciting process, and how awesome that if we look closely, we are not all that different from a caterpillar. Wrapped in the arms of Christ our protective chrysalis. Transformation involves dissolving and rearranging and death of certain parts of us no experience goes unwasted. In fact, those wings and legs waiting to be revealed require disintegration and rely on the strength and resilience and growth from the goop in order for us to thrive. The beauty that is waiting to be revealed is that much more breathtaking because of the goop. It is a process that is often slow and specific to us. Even though many of the qualities revealed through this process may have already been laying in wait, we may not have seen them or known they were there. In fact, some of the changes that occur may take us by surprise. Suddenly, we find ourselves dressing differently in modesty rather than looking to attract someone. One day, we catch ourselves having a conversation where we're being honest and direct without trying to manipulate or determine the outcome or response from the other person. We catch glimpses of patience or kindness or generosity where there used to be disinterest, pride, or judgment. And we wonder, who is this person? It may be difficult to imagine, but this can ignite fear rather than excitement in both the person who seems to be changing and for those who are watching the transformation. Standing on the outside, it is impossible to understand or predict what is going on inside the chrysalis. We cannot see the process. This can lead to wondering if the changes are lasting or if they're a phase and to the realization that now we need to shift our own responses and look beyond our expectations to be able to see and appreciate the beauty that is becoming. For the person who's going through recovery for an addiction and or trauma, transformation can be frightening. It's almost like slowly being introduced to a new person and wondering if you're going to like them. At the same time the new is being revealed, the old is fading away. There is loss. Just as with death of a loved one, allowing yourself to grieve the loss of old self can be healing. So let's walk through each of the stages of grief according to Kubler-Ross and how it may relate to this. The first phase is denial, avoidance, elation, confusion, shock, and fear. We've talked before about certain thorns remaining, but one thing that can hold us back from true transformation is when we're trying to hold on to things that God is so obviously trying to pry from our hands. This can cause us to grip tighter, not wanting to let go of the old. This may be an unhealthy relationship, a job that no longer works for us in our growth, or a habit that we have learned to rely on at one point in time, these things worked for us. In fact, at one point, I can say that my addictive behaviors helped me survive. I went through unimaginable pain early on and the addict in me became my constant companion, my best friend. It was a part of me that assured me I was okay in that moment. That things were all right for me in that moment and that pain wasn't all there was. The behavior worked when I needed to cope. At some point, it stopped working for me and tried to kill me. And just as with any abusive relationship, when you've become comfortable with something, it is difficult to let go and easy to convince yourself it is still needed. That survival is still dependent upon this one thing. When recovery begins, it is natural to try to hold on to things we have not yet learned to live without. It is also possible that we try to deny our feelings of loss. Perhaps we pretend we don't care that we're moving on and that the old is fading. We try to put on a face of perfect willingness and desire to be changed. The second stage of grief is anger. This is frustration, irritation, anxiety. When the denial fades, it's easy to become angry at the parts of life and self that we need to let go of. We wonder how it's fair that others still get to participate in the exciting things we have to avoid, or why we cannot hold on to just some pieces of our past. We may rage and scream. Because this process is so misunderstood, we may find ourselves turning the anger towards someone we are close to, someone who is undeserving, or even to God. There may be a general sense of irritation present, either physically or emotionally, as after we are no longer denying the need to let go, we may now feel the cravings for what we have surrendered this quickly moves into bargaining, which is our stage three. And this is the time where we struggle to find meaning. We're reaching out to others and telling our story. This stage is so broad and so different for each of us. For me, I bargained with God, with people in my recovery group, and even with myself, constantly trying to see if I could fly close to the flames without landing in the fire. Trying out new behaviors to see if they fit, exploring new activities, trying to fill my time with healthy and productive things, attempting relationships that were edifying and honoring. This is often a stage of wonder mixed with frustration and excitement. We might begin to open up to people, talking about what's happened, what we have struggled with, and what we are learning. Now, the next phase doesn't always seem logical, as we can assume that there's an upswing after we've bargained a little bit. Depression is the next phase. This can include feeling overwhelmed, helpless, hostile, or engaging in fight or flight response. A key point in this is that in every relationship, there is a dynamic. We get to know and understand this dynamic with ourselves And with others and it becomes natural. Now most of the time when someone who knows us says or does something they already anticipate our response. As we grow and change and bargain trying on new behaviors and new responses this shifts the dynamic. Humans in general don't like this. When we shift our responses, it causes the other person to have to do something different also. Sometimes they try harder to create the response they're expecting, saying or doing something more to push us into those responses. Sometimes they walk or run away because they don't know how to engage with us. For me, this has caused me to shut down. Or to revert back to my old responses because it seems to make things easier. Causing a sense of hopelessness inside me. It's common to feel overwhelmed by the constant battle of new and old. Agitated that the new doesn't work as well as we anticipated. Or that others cannot see what we are beginning to see. The last stage is acceptance exploring options that are in front of us, putting a new plan in place, and moving on from the old. Understand that we don't forever live in the place of acceptance. We don't get there once and never go back. We're always changing, and God is constantly working in us. And we will likely swing in and out of these stages of grief throughout life. But there are times when the process is evident and each stage is prominent for a period of time. As someone saying goodbye to the old self, know that others may not understand that you have a right to grieve the loss of a part of you that seemed to others not to matter. That losing out of sin does not make the pain any less It does not minimize the loss. As someone watching this process take place, watching the teeter-totter of behaviors in the stage of denial, feeling the misplaced anger, trying to get to know the new emerging patterns and responses in someone you once knew so well, we must have grace. Understanding that grief is healthy and normal and beautiful and remembering that this person is held in the hands of God, that within the chrysalis, among the goop, there's a beautiful butterfly waiting to emerge. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we lay our brokenness at your feet, our need for transformation. Lord, we know that grief is important. It is an important part of change. That the loss of old is not easy. Help us with each stage of grief as we learn to accept and become excited about the new creation we are and as we learn to walk in your love. Lord let us also have grace with others as they explore the new and grieve the old knowing you are holding them close and guiding each beautiful, transformative step. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me. Next week, we wrap things up for this series as we focus on receiving grace. God bless.